backpackers, travelers, and globetrotters from all around the world. Welcome to Itchy Feet. Today, we're going to be going out to the Emerald Isle, Ireland. We're going to be joined by a friend of mine that I met backpacking around Sri Lanka. She's originally from Canada, but moved over to Ireland. Her name is Katie, and she's going to be giving us the lowdown on what to do, where to go, and how to do it, along with a few stories along the way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey Katie, welcome to the show. thought there was no better person to talk about Ireland than someone that's actually lived there. Hey, yeah, it was kind of a happy accident. I was working for a company in Chile and my contract was up and they offered me option of extending somewhere else and there was a few different options in Europe and Dublin just seemed like a good choice. I kind of planned to stay for about two years and I ended up staying for closer to three. So it was a bit of a leap of faith having not been there before. Yeah, especially after doing a little bit of uh, research into the housing market. If anyone's familiar with the, the housing market in Ireland, it's super challenging to find a place. So once I got settled down there and was able to start making some friends, start exploring the city and get settled into my job, I really felt like I was at home. It, it is kind of all those sort of stereotypes that you hear. It's very friendly, kind of small town feel in what would be considered a large city by Irish standards. So what were you doing for work out there? I was working for kind of like an education company. It was my job to set up students with international internships. So they would come from all over and then we would set them up with internships and cultural events to do in the city and housing so they could have international work experience while they were in school. What was it about Dublin that captured you? Well, I don't want to give the cliche answer and say the pubs, but that was a huge part of it. Um, <laughs> spent a lot of time in the pubs, and the music scene is unreal as well. And one of my favorite things about the city as well is the walkability. So I liked the fact that I could walk everywhere or just jump on the bus and, you know, be within 10 minutes of wherever I wanted to go, which is nice. It really does kind of have like a, a feel like a large village, even though it is a big city. I recently backpacked there right at the start of 2020 and I fell in love with it. It sits now at number two as one of my favorite places I've ever been. Dublin's one of my favorite cities. It was just so accessible. As soon as I got in there, I didn't know it at the time, but there was a big rugby game on. Yeah. Wales was in town and was playing Ireland in Dublin. And so when I got there, there's all these red shirts walking around. I go into the pub and there is literally red shirts everywhere, green shirts everywhere. And the thing that I loved about it was that everyone was like integrating really well and like getting along. And it was very friendly. It was very fun. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, my best friend in Ireland, uh, her name's Erin. She's from Boston originally. We became super close when I moved there. And every Sunday, we called it Sunday Pub Day. And there were a few different pubs in between the two of us where we both lived that always had live music. And we'd always go hit one of those up every single Sunday. And we'd always meet people to chat to. Really good vibes, a couple of pints. And yeah, just enjoy the music. So I do really miss that kind of routine. You're right. It is such a friendly vibe inside the pubs. And it's so charming. So what do you reckon is the, the best value? So you're rolling in to Dublin. You're looking for quality, traditional Irish stuff. Where would we head? Not Temple Bar. I think that's pretty obvious, but <laughs> I, I totally get the whole bucket list mentality, but it just shocks me how many people still gravitate towards Temple Bar, where there's so many other pubs where you can have a five-year-old pint. There's way more locals to chat to, and they love to chat to you, and it's a, such a more authentic experience. So I would say 100% steer clear of Temple Bar. 
go in to have a pint in the Temple Bar if you if you really need to cross that off your list. But it's it's such a tourist trap to the point that they literally have surge pricing. So as the night goes on, if you're not paying attention, you won't notice that your pints are getting more and more expensive. So one of my favorite areas to hang out is around Camden Street. That's where some of my favorite pubs are. It's a little bit south. Start on Camden Street, make your way down. Great spot for a pub crawl. I did one pub crawl and I fell in love with that city. It was unreal. There's a pub every three or four doors and every yeah. pub is full. And if I learned anything when I was in Ireland, it's that music is just a way of life. Mm -hmm. If somebody like in Australia or when I'm in Asia picks up a guitar or jumps on a piano and starts playing, it's usually set with that mentality of like, oh, this guy's going to play music. He better be good sort of thing. Yeah. In Ireland, someone sits on a piano and I got to a point by the end of my trip in Ireland, I was like, what's he, I can't wait to find out what he's going to belt out or she's going <laughs> to smack this. Like, and the music is unreal. I remember I was in a hostel and this guy just started playing piano and it was fantastic. And then this girl just wanders over to him and just like leans against the piano and starts singing like this angelic voice. I've turned to this guy next to me who's an Irish university student and we're just having a chat. And I said to him, I'm like, these guys are unreal. He's like, yeah, they're pretty good. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I often wonder if the people who play music in a lot of the pubs actually even know each other because there's there's a little pub on the north side that everybody should check out called the Cobblestone that has, it has become more touristy, but it, it is a really good spot for trad sessions. And sometimes you'll just see, you know, people are coming in with their instruments and they sit down, they start playing and then some dude will just grab a pair of spoons and sit down and start playing the spoons with them. And you're like, do these people even know each other? They're just jamming. So cool. Price-wise, though, like, I found Ireland to be quite expensive at times. Is there any way we can get, like, a cheap pint of Guinness or...? Yes, for sure. So, like I said, steer clear of Temple Bar, head south. Uh, I'm going to break my, my own little rule about heading south there, though, just because there's one spot in particular... I could probably get shot for, for making this public knowledge, but it's, it's a secret bar. You have to roll up and, and actually ring a doorbell. And then this cool dude will come and he's, he's dressed in like 80s attire. He'll always have a gold bow tie or something and like a floral shirt. He's so cool. He'll come and he'll kind of look you up and down and then he'll, he'll let you in. I'm pretty sure he lives right above the spot. And uh, they only take cash and a, a pint of Guinness is five euro, which is pretty much the best deal that you'll get in the city. If you go outside of Dublin to the smaller cities, you can definitely get a pint for cheaper than that. But five-year-old, we'll consider that a good deal. So that place is called Hacienda. Don't go with a huge group of people. If you're going to go, try to bring at least one Irish person with you or maybe try to fake an accent. I don't know. It might improve your chances. But it's such a cool spot because it, it really hasn't been spoiled yet by tourists. So try to keep it pristine. But it's worth a pop in, especially if you have an Irish friend that can go with you. That sounds so quirky. Speakeasies are so awesome and they're so popular these days and you can understand why. It's kind of like a secret clubhouse for booze. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't love that? <laughs> <laughs> On the topic of, of booze and Guinness, did you get a chance to check out the Guinness factory? This is totally by coincidence, but my apartment actually overlooked it. So that's uh, in prime real estate. So I, I went, it was actually one of the uh, quote unquote cultural events that we included in the, the program that I worked for. So I've been more times than I could probably count. I think it's the most popular tourist attraction in Ireland, so you will feel very kind of in a tourist bubble. That being said, kind of unmissable. One of those things that you just have to do, right? Like if you go to Paris, you go to see the Eiffel Tower, you go to Dublin, you got to go to the Guinness Storehouse. Yeah, see, I performed the cardinal sin of not going to the Guinness Brewery <gasps> while I was there. I know. I didn't I know. know that. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't really have an excuse. I had a free afternoon and I was tossing up between the Guinness Brewery or the Jameson Distillery. Mm -hmm. I'm a whiskey drinker. I do love beer and I did love Guinness while I was in Ireland. But the Jameson Distillery won over and to be honest, it's one of my favourite things I've done. The knowledge that they had there and the interactive sort of history lesson you get about Jameson and what they did and how they create what they create. Their ability to teach you how to drink whiskey properly as well. <laughs> I was blown away by that. Absolutely blown away. So I ended up doing the whiskey tasting as well. Uh, I had a fantastic afternoon. I can't tell you much about the night, but the afternoon at the Jameson <laughs> Distillery was absolutely fantastic. I was very uncertain about the decision I was making, but I was very happy with the decision to go with the Jameson Distillery in the end. Honestly, can't blame you because what I would say about Jameson is that they're pretty loose with the juice in there. Like I left feeling a little like, "Ooh, I need to go have a bite to eat because they're just kind of pouring and they're like, test this one, test this one compared to Jameson. And I'm like, all right, bring it on. But yeah, you, you got to go have some food after that. Definitely. Restaurant wise, while we're on it, then we might as well touch that. I stumbled across a few like nice little Irish pubs, but nothing pushed me to the point of being like, yeah, you have to go here. Is there anywhere that sort of jumped out at you? One of my favorite places, and it's, it's totally a treat yourself place and again I'm being a hypocrite because it is in Temple Bar it's on that main strip but it has proper Irish food I'll go the potatoes it's called the Boxty House so Boxty is like an Irish potato pancake I think it's called Gallagher's Boxty House but if you just look up the Boxty House you'll find it it's in Temple Bar so that's like a good you know if you're with like a significant other you want to like treat yourselves out to like a date night kind of meal that would be a good spot to go it's really nice they don't serve Guinness actually because I believe they brew their own couple of beers don't quote me on that but I know for sure they don't serve Guinness so if that's what you're looking for you might be a bit disappointed but in terms of nice food and kind of classic Irish cuisine that's a great spot. With Dublin itself I found it was so rich in history it's one of the places that I went to without much knowledge of its background and its history and I knew that there was obviously like the IRA and stuff rolling in but I didn't know as to why or anything like that and I did one of the free city tours through the hostel mm -hmm. um they were fantastic. The guy was really engaging, was really easy to understand and really put it into simple terms. It was really mm -hmm. quite interesting to go through and see firsthand these streets that was in such chaos. I thought it was a great way to see the city. We used to send students on the lazy bike tour. So if you like the concept of exercise in theory, but you're a bit lazy like me, they run tours on electric bikes. So it takes like half the work out of it, which I'm a fan of. And it's a really cool way to see the city. And the guy, his name's Hugh. He's super awesome. He has amazing knowledge of Dublin, like so in-depth and he's such a good storyteller. So that is one of my favorite ways to see the city for sure. And it's actually one of the first things I did the first time that I went there. So so definitely go check out the Lazy Bike Tour and say what's up to Hugh for me. What's up, Hugh? <laughs> <laughs> I think the only other thing I would say to people is don't forget that you're on the coast. So make sure that you sort of explore the coast as well. I would totally recommend hopping on the Dart, which is the coastal terrain in Dublin. You can get it from the city center. And then you can go out to Hoth, which is a really cute little fishing village, only about 30 minutes away. Or on a Sunday, you could go down to Dunleary, which has a food market every Sunday, awesome local vendors, and really nice place to sit by the sea, have some ice cream, have some lunch. So it's lovely if you want to get outdoors, do a little bit of hiking, have a nice meal, and kind of escape the city for a little bit. You went across to Galway, did you not? 
I did. When I found out that I was leaving Ireland, I spent one of my last weekends in Galway. I went there in search of my Galway girl, Ed Sheeran style, but uh, didn't really work out for me. (laughs) It didn't really work out. Turned out I rolled into Galway on, do you know Rag Week? Yeah. I'm not sure. So Rag Week is when the university students basically it's like orientation week sort of thing in australia i'm not sure how it works like everyone oh gosh week okay these guys had come down from donegal which is a little bit north of galway so like we're on the west coast now this was the hostel that i was actually in when that guy was playing the piano and mm-hmm. i was having a chat to them and i'm like what is going on here there's like he goes oh, it's very university town mm-hmm. and it's just it's going to go wild this week. But it was unreal. These guys took me in straight away. They were lovely. And they're like, oh, no, we've got to take you down to Hole in the Wall. That's like the go-to bar for tonight. And sure enough, we go down there and there is a massive line. I'm talking like 200 meter line to get into this bar. And I said to the, the boys, I'm like, guys, I'm not going in there. Like, I'm not standing in that line. He's like, no, no, no. I know the guy on the door. So go in. And the guy on the door is like, oh, yeah, you two can come in to the two Irish boys. And they look at me. He's like, who's this guy? And I'm like, oh, he's an Australian guy. He's like, oh, okay, come on. <laughs> okay, cool. So I went in there with him and I looked around. And I was like, I've never felt older in my life. I was by far the oldest person in that building. It is so young. It's very much a university city. And the wild thing about it as well is like, you know, I think it's, is it called the Spanish Quarter or Latin Quarter? One of those two. When the bar is closed, everybody just spills out onto the street and it's almost like the party keeps going. And you Mm. see the guards there, like they're watching, but they're not really intervening unless anything's happening. Like the people totally just stay out, kind of drink and chill in the streets, take your drink in a plastic cup. So it's it's great for a night out. Galway was was a great spot to set up base and check out the cliffs of uh, now do you know how to pronounce said word i think it's controversial i would say the cliffs of more but i could I, i'm not saying that i'm right i'm not saying that i'm wrong because i genuinely don't know <laughs> yeah so i i've called it just about everything and each time i've had no one trip me up on it except foreigners so <laughs> i don't know if that's irish politeness or but mohair, mohair, moha, more, more, like those cliffs. Yeah. Absolutely. There's big cliffs that you can check out. Great way to get to them is from Galway itself. You can do a day trip out there. I did a day trip through a place called Doolan. Mm-hmm. Really, really small village, tiny place, gorgeous little pub there next to a chocolate shop. I've never felt like I was more in a little storybook than going through Doolan. There's a small little bridge over the little creek, little rolling mountains. Oh, it was gorgeous. It was like fresh out of a fairy tale. And then went out to the cliffs themselves. Wow. Those things, that's some serious natural beauty. It's gorgeous. I did the cliffs from a very small town called Listoon Varna, which is also just kind of um, outside of where the cliffs are, not a far drive at all. And we did it from Listoon Varna because my friend Sonia is originally from there. So her family lives there. And kind of a, a fun fact about it is when you when you roll in, it's super charming, super quaint, exactly what you expect from a little Irish town. But they have the largest matchmaking festivals in the world. Even if it's not that time of year, you'll still see advertisements for it. It's like they're gearing up for it year round. It's, it's totally worth a stop in there. It's very, very cute, very charming, very quaint. We had a great time. One thing I really wanted to do that I didn't get a chance to do while I was in Ireland was to go and check out Cork. From friends and other backpackers around the world, I'd heard so many great things about it and I never actually got the chance to go out there because I ran out of time. Did you have any chance to go out there at all? 
I didn't, which is kind of a travesty, and I do feel a little bit bad about it. But, you know, people say you never see your own country. And for some reason, it's also kind of like that when you when you move somewhere else for some reason. So I didn't make it down to Cork, but I do have friends from Cork, and everybody says it's lovely. From what I've heard, it's definitely worth checking out. I really wanted to go and check out the Blarney Castle. I know that's <laughs> the big touristy thing to do out there and to kiss the stone, but I actually did make my way into Northern Ireland from Galway. That blew me away as well. It's beautiful up there. It, in my opinion, it's some of the best scenery in Ireland. It's absolutely stunning. Yeah, I, I'm a big Game of Thrones fan, so I was in my element up there, walking through the dark hedges and Ballantoy. These are all areas from the filming of Game of Thrones themselves. But the castles, there's castles everywhere, and which you can expect from Great Britain and Ireland in general. But I found Northern Ireland, they were sort of just littered throughout. <laughs> like they were kind of everywhere. You're just driving and then there's just a casual castle. Like we don't see that where we're from. No, no, not at all. One of the, the other little things and one of my little hidden gems for Game of Thrones fans in Northern Ireland is the windows. There's stained glass windows all throughout Belfast itself, depicting different scenes and all to this sort of colour scheme per window. Definitely worth checking out. So the six of them, you can walk through the town. There's Game of Thrones tours that actually run through there as well. Like people who are hardcore fans, they're so popular. Yeah, with so many pop culture references, it's sort of taken over a lot of the things to do in Northern Ireland. But obviously it does have that rough history. Have you got any sort of suggestion on a way to go out and see that that's both respectable and educational, but also like gives you a good feel of the place? Yeah, if you get the chance to take a black cab tour, for me, it gave the most insight about the, the sort of things that are difficult to see on the surface, because things that kind of seem a little bit nondescript or that you may not notice will be pointed out by somebody who's local. And also just getting the meaning behind a lot of the murals was very interesting, because they're beautiful, and you can tell that there's a story behind them, but if you don't know the story, it's sort of hard to guess that just from the images. Yeah, that's something that I really wanted to try and find a way to access. There was a hop-on, hop-off bus that you could do, but it was all very self-guided and doing your own sort of thing. So I wish I could go back and do that now. That sounds like the perfect thing that I was looking for at the time. That being said, I still had a fantastic time in Belfast and I still haven't even hit on what was my favourite. The Titanic exhibition there <laughs> is phenomenal. You can see where they built the Titanic. You can see how they built it, what it was all like at the time. I mean, I'm massive on Titanic and that I was in heaven there. Yeah, I agree. It's quite pricey and I think that might put some people off, but in my opinion, it's worth it. And if you're somebody who really likes those interactive styles of museums and you don't get the chance to make it up to Belfast to do Titanic, there's a really cool one in Dublin that I think is so underrated. It's called Epic Ireland and it's all about the Irish diaspora which on the surface might sound boring to some, but it's actually so interesting. It's super interactive. There's lots of multimedia. It's not like you're just walking around looking at things and reading. So if you like that kind of style and vibe of museum, definitely check out Epic Ireland in Dublin, especially if you enjoy the Titanic in, in Belfast. That pretty much brings us full circle. Yeah. <laughs> I will say one more thing before we do leave Belfast, and that is Maggie May's Cafe for breakfast. Fantastic. Very, very good place. But we're back now in your old hometown of Dublin. So what better time to talk about Ireland's most famous festival, St. Paddy's Day? Oh, yes, that's definitely a big one. Around the world, St. Paddy's Day is massive. It's obviously surrounded by green. There's a lot of drinking. When you're actually in the heart of Dublin, what's the go-to? You definitely have to go to the parade. I think there's some kind of sentiment that 
it might be slightly overhyped and you know having experienced it a couple of times there are other cities around the world like including Canada where I'm from that in my personal opinion actually do it equally as good in terms of like the parade and the hype and the vibe but definitely still worth checking out and of course this city just gets inundated with tourists people kind of drinking on the streets maybe you want to fill up a cheeky water bottle if that's your vibe but it's pretty much exactly what you would expect so pretty much it's an international festival born in ireland owned by ireland but the way the irish do they're sharing they're caring it's pretty much made its way all the way around and kept its authenticity in a way it's definitely special to be in ireland for it i think it's an experience to have in your lifetime for sure that being said, I don't think that you could expect anything wildly different than you would in a city that celebrates it big time. Yeah, fair enough. So that pretty much finishes it off for Ireland then. Perfect opportunity for us now to finish up with you, the star of today's show. Give me the lowdown on Katie's favourite experience on the road. Well, obviously I'm very, very partial to Ireland, but nothing for me measures up to South America. And I'm constantly chasing the high that South America gives me and I love going to new countries. I don't really like to go back to the same place twice, um, but nothing can keep me away from South America. I think I've gone four or five times. I had a little stint living in Chile and I just, I love the language. I love the culture, the people, the food, the nature is incredible. Like I just feel that my travel heart is there. Yeah, I love that. And I, I can't wait to get back there myself. From past to future, what are the top three things on your bucket list worldwide? I want to know where you're ticking off as soon as we're allowed out. Well, can one be a fantasy because I, yep. it's, you know, sure. <laughs> I'm constantly checking the, the sort of visa restrictions for Iran, but that's my dream country. I'm dying to go to Iran. It's, it's got this mysterious kind of aura that I just want to crack, but I'm not somebody to travel with a group. And as a Canadian, you have to go with a travel group to get the visa. So I'm just kind of crossing my fingers that one day they will loosen up on that. Let's not call it a fantasy because I'm very much in that boat as well. I want to go and check out the Middle East, Iraq and Iran. It's like the home of Babylon and some of the most gorgeous looking mosques that I've seen in pictures. I once said that I didn't think it was going to be possible one day when I was on one of my tours that I used to run. And a guy said to me, he goes, there was a time that we couldn't go to Vietnam, remember? And, that mm -hmm. was, and we never thought about being able to go to Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, fair. Okay. So you never know. Might take 20, might take 50 years. My old man says it won't be in our generation, but we can hold on to hope. It would have been a time that we couldn't have gone to Northern Ireland as well. So that's, that's your proof right there. There's your little glimmer of hope. Exactly. Exactly. Otherwise, you know about my obsession with penguins. I'm just crazy about them. So I'm dying to get to Cape Town and see the penguin beach there. And I'd love to explore South Africa. And then going back to Latin America, my favorite place in the world, I really want to hit up Guatemala to hike Acatenango. Uh, it's a volcano where you hike it overnight and then across the way you can see another volcano erupting as you hike up. So those would be my top three. That's a solid top three for this episode. I just want to thank you, Katie, for coming on Itchy Feet. It's been a pleasure having you here and look forward to it in the future. Thanks for having me. And for all our backpackers, travelers and globetrotters out there, if you have any questions or anything along the way, feel free to send us an email. You can also find us at nomadcoops.com. Subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the website and tune in next week. We're going to a brand new country with a brand new guest on Itchy Feet. 